bow our heads for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, as we come before you this day, we come to, to fellowship, to sing hymns, pray, and to listen to your word. Lord, we pray that your word would speak to our hearts and our lives, that we would be mindful that your spirit is working through your word each and every day, not only to shape and to mold us, but to equip us to share that very same word with a, a lost and fallen world around us. So, Lord, we pray that your word would touch our, our hearts and our, and our lives in such a way that we, we don't just keep it to ourselves, that we share it with others. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In our gospel lesson this day, we read that Jesus appoints 72 and sends them on ahead of him to go into various towns and villages to prepare the way for him to visit them. He sends them out two by two. And so if you simply do the math, he's sending out 36 teams, which means Jesus has a busy itinerary ahead of him. I kind of wonder if, if maybe the advanced group is printing out T-shirts with, you know, the Jesus tour kind of thing and all of the towns and the dates and stuff listed on the back side. Jesus is coming. One of the things we learn from this text is that there are many who follow Jesus, not just the inner circle of the twelve, but many who are following him that he's putting to work, if you will, to share the gospel, the good news, that Jesus is going to come, Jesus is going to te teach, and Jesus is, is coming to your town soon. So he sends them out with the words to go, to go into every town and every village that's on his schedule. And he says to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And so as he's sending them out to go, one of the things that he first of all tells them to do is to stop and pray. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. So before they go, they prepare, they pray. And you can imagine that their prayer is something like this, that, Lord, we're going out, we're going into the towns and the villages, and there's going to be a lot of people out there, and some of them are going to love to hear what we have to say, and others of them are not going to like what we have to say, but, Lord, open the hearts of those who are, 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 are ready to hear. Help them to, to receive and to believe the good news 
of Jesus Christ. And so they stop and they pray and then they go. And it says here that they go out and they go out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Wow! That's what it was like at the time of Jesus. That's kind of what it's like. In fact, I won't even say kind of. That's what it's like today. We go out as lambs in the midst of this world that's full of wolves that doesn't want to hear, in fact, the world which is an enemy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And yet we are still told to go. I kind of liken this to the whole idea of, you know, standing at the side of a swimming pool and, and you got your swim trunks on and, and you're ready, but you're hesitant because you don't know the temperature of the water. So here's a quick poll. How many of you are people who, first of all, dip a foot in to see how cold it is? Chickens. How many of you just dive in? Yeah, I'm a diver-inner. You know, I'm going in the water one way or another, so why should I even bother dipping my toes in, right? Well, that's kind of the way we need to approach living and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Just dive into the world. We're not supposed to really stop and take a measure of how many wolves are there whether the water is fine or not, but we are told to go. And in fact, we're told to do it now because later becomes never. It's kind of like standing at the pool. I dip my foot in. Aren't you coming in? Oh, maybe later. Oh, maybe later. And then after all of the, everybody else is kind of getting out of the pool, you go, oh, I guess maybe tomorrow. And he never get in the water. We can be procrastinators when we choose to be. And we can put off sharing the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ because somehow the water's too cold or it's not just right or the time's not right. When Jesus says, do it now. And you see, when he sends them out, he tells them, carry no money bag. No knapsack, no sandals, greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace be to this house. And a son of peace, stay there. Your peace will rest upon him. In other words, when we go, we are to trust the Lord with all of our heart. To trust the Lord with all of our heart means to lean not on our own understanding, as the psalmist reminds us but rather to trust on the Lord's understanding and the Lord's way of doing things. Because you see, through us and through the gospel of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, God is at work. You see, that's the thing about going out. Even the 72 did not go out alone. They went out by twos, but even then they went out with the Spirit of God upon them. And they trusted in the Lord. Whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. 
In other words, when we go, we take the word of the Lord with us and we do the work of the Lord. That is to do the work of the Lord in such a way that they see Christ in us, that they see God in us, that they know that it's not simply us, but Christ working through us. To heal is not just the physical healing that that God provides, but it's that spiritual healing. It's the reminder that when we go, what we do is we call people to repentance for their sins, and we offer that healing word of forgiveness to them. Now, the world at Jesus' time was apparently kind of like the world today because there are people that are going to reject it. Welcome. I have a hard time understanding how people reject God's word. But they do. They reject it perhaps because they're wrapped up in their own way of life and their own way of doing things. And even those who might acknowledge that Christ is there still want to live life on their own terms. I love that one. I can live life the way I want to live it and I can do the things I want to do because Jesus loves me. I heard that from a television person in some show where she identifies herself as Christian but then go ahead and on the show sleeps with one of the contestants. Or maybe she's the contestant and I don't know. And then she says, I can do it. Christ still loves me. Well, wait a minute. Christ certainly loves you, but do you love him? Because if you truly loved him, you wouldn't live the way you want to live. You would live the way Christ calls you to live as an example of his holiness and his goodness and his righteousness to the world. And quite frankly, the lack of that is what often keeps us as poor, miserable sinners from sharing the good news. Because we look at our own lives and we recognize how inadequate we are. Because we measure our lives against his holiness and they don't quite make it. We hear the woes in this gospel lesson. We wonder, where am I? I've kind of sinned. I've said not so nice things to people at times. I know what God's word says, and I've been stubborn and lived 
life my own way at times. I've fallen short of God's expectations for me. So what do these woes mean? See, the difference in heart and in attitude is that we, even though we sin, still seek to do what God calls us to do. We're not perfect in our faith. But you see, His strength is made perfect in our weaknesses. As we live and seek to do the Lord's will in our lives and as we understand that we're not living by a cheap grace that simply says Jesus loves me so I can live the way I want to, but rather Jesus loves me and he's changing my heart and my life to live for him so that I live no longer for myself and my own sinful selfish desires, but I live for him who died on a cross for the forgiveness of my sins. And I do it because I understand the depth and the fullness of his love for me. It's not just a little trite saying or a cute little song we sing. But it's my salvation. It's my mindset. It's my heart. And when we begin to understand the truth of God's word and the depth of his love for us, then we understand the authority that God has given to us in the power of his word to begin to change lives. Yes, we're going to suffer rejection, but there are also going to be those who understand and who begin to see that they have a Savior who loves them and His love knows no bounds, a Savior who takes them just the way they are and right where they're at and begins to shape and to mold them and to change their hearts and their lives so that they live no longer in a selfish way but for Him. And yet, As we begin to understand the power of God's word to change lives and to change our hearts and our lives, Jesus reminds us that we should also rejoice. Rejoice that our names are written in the book of life in heaven. Rejoice that we have a Savior who shed his blood to cover the multitude of our sins. Rejoice that even in the midst of a world that rejects, we have a Savior who loves. And so the reminder is, is to hold on to our faith, to live our faith, to share our, our hope that we have in Christ Jesus, our Savior, and to not worry about what the world may do. As Jesus says, if you're rejected, move on. 
Shake the dust off your feet and go on to the next place, to the next town, to the next person. Because you see, when they reject you, they're rejecting Christ. And when they reject Christ, they're rejecting the very creator in heaven, our Father, who sent him to suffer and die. And so the point is, is when somebody rebuffs you because you're a believer in Jesus Christ, and I know this is hard, but don't take it personally. Understand the way that the devil works. Don't take it personally. Rather, stop and pray. Pray for that individual that somehow over time their heart is softened. That one day they will hear the message and come to faith so that once again we can rejoice. Go, do, rejoice. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace which passes all of our human understanding keep your hearts and minds in the true faith of God in Christ Jesus until life everlasting. Amen.